Previously on the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. There's nothing like playoff baseball. You hang on every pitch. You hang on every moment. You hang on every situation. He won't say it, but he's the kind of guy to say, I dare you walk him to get to me. Well, I'm pulling for the Yankees because, you know, I love to whip them fat mouth, wide mouth <laughs> Yankees. He had to have a bad dream about Jordan Poole to knock the hell out of him like he did. Eddie Robertson is swank. Eddie Robertson is Alabama State University. There's some things that you go through. And to have someone come in and be there a year and a half and claim that he's swag is just not going to fly. You are swag. You paid your dues. You got your swag hours. I'm Black Me Q-Tip. It's your boy. I left my wallet in El Segundo. We believe in change and we're prepared for it with new techniques and new approaches. And as for our part, we feel that you're the best pieces of manpower available in this whole region. Let it go out there today, baby. Three, two. And once again, our mighty ship is back on course. Welcome to the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. Oh, mama, there goes that man. Beautiful. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, star of our show. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another edition of the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. So glad that you are aboard for this edition. Should be a great one. I'll tell you all about that. But first, a big shout out to all the people who are hanging out with us for the very first time. We encourage you to become a part of this Sports Talk with Devin Wade community that we've created. And I'll tell you how you can be more interactive with the program. In addition to that, shout out to all the people who are already interactive, who listen to every episode, who like, comment, share, rate, all that good stuff. Thank you so much. And finally, a shout out to all the people who lose in fantasy football to a player that you have never heard of in your entire life, especially in Showdown. Now, if you play DraftKings, a fan duel, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. But welcome aboard to all of you as well. So we have a great show coming up for you. I'm going to tell you what we have coming up. But first, let me tell you how you can be interactive with the program. First and foremost, you can give us a call 24 hours a day on the sports line. What's the sports line, you say? Sports line is a 24-hour-a-day line that you can call and comment, leave questions, suggestions, requests, all of those things. Anything you want to talk about, you might just end up on the very next podcast. That number, 832-941-6614, 832-941-6614. In addition to that, you can join us on Facebook on the Sports Talk with Devin Wade group page Great way to be interactive. And finally, on Twitter, I'm at Wade's Word. My now dormant website is not back up yet, but we'll get into that at some point whenever that changes. But this time out, we have a wonderful conversation. I'm excited. We are on the eve of the World Series in Houston, Texas. Man, I am beyond hype. I'm hyped for this. This is a super exciting opportunity for the Astros to get their second world championship. So we'll talk about that with our guy. Mr. Baseball, he is a great guy to talk baseball with, and I enjoyed the conversation we had, and we'll play that for you in just a little bit. We have some Sports E with Life on Lock. She uh, brings us some information, some sports entertainment information in that segment, and we have a discussion with a friend of mine who is running for Harris County Treasurer. We talked to her months back for the primary, and now the general election is here. We're going to... Let you hear from her, and you too will be convinced to vote for Carla Wyatt. She's coming up. Also, our resident DJ, DJ Anarchy, and 
on the minor word for the big dummy of the episode. Well, with that, let's get started with some headlines. In headlines, a lot of NFL stuff going on. In headlines, a lot of NBA stuff is going on. In headlines, and we'll talk about this. Texas Southern homecoming, back-to-back wins. We'll talk about that a little bit later. But the only headline for me are the Houston Astros coming off a sweep of the New York Yankees in the ALCS. Man, I'm telling you, for a team that has gone 7-0 and in the postseason, they have really stressed me out. Because it's just been the way they've won, but it's okay. I mean, you can look back and say, man, 7-0, and it was a breeze. And at one, no point, I guess after game three of the ALCS, did I ever worry that they were going to win the series. But you want to close it out. We want this thing over. And they got it over in four. And I will tell you, it's been amazing to watch. And just the appreciation I have for this team and what they have in the way of pitching. And in this last series, you look at what they've done at the bottom of the lineup with McCormick and Maldonado, guys that – and Yuli, who, again, last year AL batting champ. This year struggled mightily but has come up big in the postseason, at least in the ALCS. Altuve has struggled. Alvarez didn't have that breakout series that you, you wanted him to have on the biggest stage because – I probably it's probably going to be a bigger stage playing the Yankees because you know that those bitter New York fans are going to tune out for the World Series. But we still have the East Coast because we're playing the Philadelphia Phillies. But I will tell you this, I'm excited about this one, but I'm nervous as well because we are clearly better. And I say we because if you win a championship in Houston, I can say we. We are clearly better than the Philadelphia Phillies. However, I thought we were better than the Nationals. Should have won that series. I thought that although our pitching wasn't what it should have been, I still thought we were a better team than Atlanta, a team that had to streak down the second half of the season just to make it into the playoffs. And now the Astros are going up against a sixth seed. And the first thing that I thought about as it pertains to facing the Philadelphia Phillies, I didn't think about Reese Hopkins or Bryce Harper or Nola or Swarber. I didn't think about any of those things. What I thought about was Tug McGraw, Pete Rose, Greg Luzinski, Bake McBride, Gary Maddox, Manny Trio, um, Larry Boa. I'm talking about that team from 1980 who beat us in the NLCS. And let me say this. First of all, I want to avenge that. Because, boy, I really had a disdain for Tug McGraw because of how he was. He was one of those flashy guys that talked a lot of noise. My team, the Houston Astros, and if you know, and, and again, if you've been around a while, you'll know these names. Terry Poole, Jose Cruz, uh, Cesar Cedeno, Joe Morgan, Denny Walling, Art Howe, Enos Cabell, J.R. Richard, um, who else? Uh, Nolan Ryan, Joe Negro. Uh, Ken Forsh, uh, Luis Prujos, Alan Ashby. Those were my guys, Joe Sambito. That was my team. And, and again, if you are a kid under 15, you have been so spoiled by this era of Astros baseball. Because as a Houston fan, we talk about I am swag. I am also Houston. So I can go back and I can tell you years. And if you are a native Houstonian of a certain age, you know these. Uh, let's talk a little bit about 80. Or let's t- let's start even even before that. 78 and 79. 
Those were losses to the Pittsburgh Steelers in the playoffs. Let's talk about 80, the ALCS, the NLCS against the, the Phillies. Let's talk about uh, 81, losing the NBA Finals with Moses Malone to the Boston Celtics. Let's talk about 86, Rockets lose to the Celtics again. Let's talk a little bit about 80, what, 82, 83, 84, losing the Final Fours. I mean, and let's talk about 2005. And you can go on and on. You can go on and on with 93 Oilers, 94 Oilers. You, you can keep going. If you're a native Houstonian, you remember the wounds. Those are my wounds. I am revisiting my trauma for you guys right now. Go look up any of those things. And, I, of course, the most heartbreaking was 83, five slammer jammer. But from on a pro level, 78, 79, Love You Blue Oilers was a heartbreak. The loss in Buffalo was just totally devastating. Nothing like it before or since. It's, uh, it was devastating. The loss to Kansas City after winning 11 in a row just, just rips your heart out. But this group of Houstonians, who, the kids that are Houstonians now, or Houston fans, they have been spoiled as it pertains to baseball. And we saw a lot of bad baseball in the not-so-distant past. And this team has been balling out, and I'm all on board. And I'm really all on board because of how negative people are and how lazy the journalists seem to be on a national level. Still talking about 2017. Like, like 19 didn't happen. Like 20 didn't happen. Like 21 isn't happening. It's just lazy to keep bringing up 2017. And the further away we get from 2017, the more you can just sort of generalize and gloss over that as a period of cheating. Which, again, just to clarify, we don't know how many players took advantage. We do know that they were not able. They didn't do it in the postseason, and they didn't employ it on the road. And we do know that that is not why the Astros beat the Dodgers. The Dodgers could not score. They needed some damn trash cans because they couldn't score. So I'm excited about this. Will it be vindication? I don't think it'll be vindication, but I do want to see Dusty Baker get a World Series ring for his long, illustrious career, both as a player and a manager, and just being an all-around great guy that these players love. I mean, the bullpen is exciting to watch. And, of course, I'm saying Astros in five, okay? That's my prediction, Astros in five. I do worry about cold weather, though. I don't know what the temp will be like for games the two through five in Philadelphia. Worry a little bit about that. But, you know, and it'll be tough to win in Philadelphia. But other than that, I just think that this team can go out and get this thing done. What I'm hoping and what I'm predicting is Jordan Alvarez will get going and he will be what we saw in the divisional round versus the, the Mariners. So that's going on. Give me your thoughts on that. If you want to cheer for the Astros, let's do it. Give me a call, 832-941-6614, because I am so focused on the fields of play. I don't get a chance to hear about what's happening with sports entertainment, with the athletes that are involved with entertainment endeavors or who have made a splash outside of the sports page and more on the entertainment page. But we do have Life on Lock. She keeps up with that. And here's the segment that we call Sports E. For more content, go to wadeswordproductions.com. 
This week in sports, entertainment, entertainment, entertainment. is for entertainment. Your day is going well and just got a little better now that you're listening to Sports E with Life on Lock. So we all know that Lamar Odom and Khloe Kardashian were once married and have since divorced and gone their separate ways. Now it's no secret that Lamar has been very vocal in the past that he misses Khloe and has mentioned her in several interviews and publications in the past. So in a recent update on ex-Lakers verified Facebook page stated, Missing My Best Friend, many assumed that Lamar was expressing his prolonged feelings for his ex-wife, Khloe. However, Lamar Odom said that he hasn't been able to get into that Facebook page for years and that he has nothing to do with that post. So it looks like somebody's been working behind the scenes to try and reconnect these two. But you know, we'll have to see what happens with that in time. Now, speaking of connections, it seems like JSU football coach Deion Sanders has connections of his own. Now, he's recently worked with Affleck U.S. Deputy President Virgil Miller, and the two donated a thousand My Special Affleck Ducks to kids in need and children's of Mississippi hospitals in Jackson. And apparently these aren't just any ducks. They are actually robots that are designed to help improve emotional support for pediatric cancer patients above the age of three years old. And many of the kids can use it while undergoing those grueling medical treatments. So I think that's really, really awesome of Dion and it's just so amazing to see. And speaking of kids, it looks like Skylar Diggins is preparing for kid number two and she announced it to her fans just this past Monday. Now, fun fact about the Phoenix Mercury point guard is that during her first pregnancy, she actually played the entire season without telling a soul. So will this time be any different? Only time will tell. So a huge congratulations to her and her family. And next week, we'll be sure to keep you updated on Skylar Diggins and many more of your favorite athletes right here next week on Sports E. I want to thank Life on Lock for that segment. It's a segment that we include to just enrich the entire program. It's some interesting stuff that that maybe you didn't catch. And I know certainly I didn't catch it, but she does a great job in bringing us that each episode. So we certainly appreciate that. It's like a, a mint on the pillow. If the podcast is a nice hotel room, and I've been in a lot of hotel rooms lately traveling with the Texas Southern Tigers. The Sports E is the mint on the pillow in this nice luxury hotel room. So I forgot to mention the 86 Astros. When we're talking about the list of uh, trauma, uh, childhood trauma for your boy, and the 86 NLCS against the Mets. Forgot to mention that. And again, when I talked about the years that happened since 2017, I talked about 19, I talked about 21 and 22. So, yeah, we're doing the thing. We're making it happen. So, uh, And also, I want to mention games three through five will be in Philadelphia, not two through five. So, a lot to get into on the other side, going to talk baseball with Mr. Baseball, he will give you a preview of the World Series. That and a whole lot more. Carla Wyatt coming up. A Lamont Award and our resident DJ. All that's ahead. So hang with us inside of this, the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. Anywhere you get your podcast. Your children are the most precious gift 
God has given you. Their well-being is of the utmost importance, and finding childcare that exhibits the same belief is, well, non-negotiable. So why not end your search at Brighter Brains Learning Center? Located in Stafford, Texas, Brighter Brains is a licensed, family-owned and operated daycare that promotes an early educational foundation and provides an environment of love, safety, and quality care for children ages 6 weeks to 5 years old. For more information, call 346-328-3717 or visit brighterbrainslearningcenter.org. It's Shelly Wade, and welcome back to Sports Talk with Devin Wade. Send a couple birthday shout outs to some folks who hang out in the Sports Talk with Devin Wade group or listen to the podcast. My man Lawrence DuVernay, happy, happy birthday to him. Also, Arthur McBride had a birthday. Happy, happy birthday to him. If you have a birthday, you need a birthday shout out or something like that, we'll do that. We'll do that. 832-941-6614. So let's get into our conversation with a guy who has watched more baseball, and I've watched a lot, but more baseball than I could dream of, a guy that we affectionately call Mr. Baseball. Here's that conversation. Our guy, of course, the World Series is here, so we have to talk to our guy, Mr. Baseball. How are you this evening? I'm just fine, Devin. I mean, you know, on top of the world. How can you not be, if you're in Houston, Texas, and you're a baseball fan, how can you not be just thrilled at another opportunity to, to do what you set out in spring training to do? And that's to go to the World Series. So, yeah, it's a great time. I mean, I'm just a ball of nerves, man. I'm already excited and anxious. I mean, because, again, this is it's not easy to do and to realize how fortunate we are as a city to have this kind of baseball in this era because uh, we remember what it was like before this era. <laughs> so now that we have it, it's so much fun. And so, of course, let's start with this. Let's sweep out the trash. <laughs> the New York Yankees, the Astros swept the Yankees. That was a tremendous series for the Astros. And it just looked like from the very beginning that the Yankees were outclassed by a quality, uh, just a better Astros team. Tell me your thoughts on that four-game sweep by the Astros. Well, it's, it's you know, like anything else, it's a, it's a matchup issue. And I think uh, throughout the season and in the season, the Astros definitely – you know, let the Yankees and the rest of the league knew who were the best team in the American League. And in the matchup head-to-head, it, it speaks volumes for its uh, its results. Most of the time, baseball is the only sport where if you, you know, where the better team can and most time can get beat. But usually you get a pretty good in- indicator when you play them head, head-to-head. And uh, this year, head-to-head, the Astros uh, clearly were the better team against the Yankees. The sweep, you know, that just comes with momentum. They've had that momentum coming out of the Seattle series. They maintained it during the Yankee series. So uh, just bad news for the Yankees. They caught the Astros at the wrong time, which I don't think it would have been any it, it, any different, you know, had it been Cleveland or somebody else. Astros are just playing great baseball. Well, of course, a lot of time off between the end of the NLC, the ALCS and NLCS to the start of the World Series. What do you think about that much time off between games? 
Well, we never know because usually, you know, this is just a unique situation. It turned, it started with the early, you know, strike and lockout. It pushed the baseball season back. As they say, we will have someone for the first time, uh, a Mr. November. We always they'll talk about you, Mr. October, but now you, somebody will probably be Mr. November. But uh, you just kind of prepare. You know, you go out there, there's nothing to really uh, simulate live hitting and, and live pitching, you know, in practice. But, you you know, the Astros are such a disciplined team. They've been here so many times before. The only difference here is how you can really just focus on the matchups. And if the matchups that, that I see that are going to be right here for us, it, it, you know, it, it definitely just one of those situations where you just got to go out and do what they've been doing. I feel very good about this particular team. They've overcome a lot of adversity. You know, you losing Brantley, you know, and uh, but uh, you know, it's a different circumstance. I mean, they they were. I I think I want to say that uh, you know, AJ just to me, uh, AJ Hinch. I'm talking about uh, in the Washington uh, National Series was the reason that the uh, we that the Astros lost the World Series. I mean, his decisions were not sound, and the team didn't respond to him, and they lost it last year. I mean, you. Against Atlanta, it was more of a, just a wish and a hope. You know, the, I, I think they overachieved just a little bit, especially because of pitching. You know, we were asking guys like Aquiti and 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 Famber Valdez and and Luis Garcia, who are young pitchers, to go out there and win a World Series for us. That's just a lot to ask. This year, we're not we're not asking them to do that because you have a Verlander and you have uh, you know uh, McCullers back. It, it's for them to go out and do that, and that's why they're you know they're seven and zero. Because uh, their their strength is really their strength, and that's uh, something that Philadelphia is going to, I think, have a hard time overcoming. Well, of course, we dealt with a couple stars and Giancarlo Stan, and of course, the AL MVP, the likely AL MVP, and Aaron Judge. Now we take on another baseball superstar in Bryce Harper. Let's talk a little bit about what you see with Schwarber. And uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, that pitching staff and what do you see when you look at Philadelphia? Well, uh, you know, they, <laughs> they're on a roll. What are they, a sixth seed? Yeah, yeah, the last to get in. <laughs> yeah, so I'm saying anytime that happens, you know, you you know now that you're, you know, that, that a lot of times that they're just playing great, great baseball. And that's the beauty of baseball. But, I mean, they don't have to apologize to anybody. I think uh, Aaron Nola and uh and Noah Syndergaard and and Zach Wheeler those starting pitchers and you can even add uh, this year Ranger Suarez I think you know they are and uh, they have really been you know coming in and shutting people down I think the bullpen you know is pretty good I don't I think the Yankees bullpen was a little bit better so yeah you go the Astros job is just to go out there and uh make sure that they can get good at bats against Nola and 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 and, and Wheeler and and if they can do that, then of course you know it, it swings their way. Offensively, hey, I think J two uh, Riamuto, the catcher, is is probably the best catcher in baseball. Uh, he's an all around athlete, and and uh, you know he has led them very very well. When it comes down to w- what you're talking about, the heart of the team is Bryce Harper. Yeah, Bryce Harper has really really stepped up and become what they always thought Bryce Harper was going to be. You know, and he's having an awesome uh, postseason. He has really led them. I mean, Brandon Marsh, eh, 
He's okay. Uh, Nick Castellanos, he's been uh, hot and has been a solid player, and he's really came on uh, in in you know in the playoffs and 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 done some damage. And then of course, Raz Hoskins, the first baseman, has uh, really you know stepped up and played well. So it's gonna be a good matchup. You know, I I just feel good about where the Astros are right now. It just seems like uh, this team is is the type of team where you really have to go out and just beat them. Now, will they lose a game in this series? Yeah, they're not going to sweep the fields. <laughs> but I think it's going to be real, real competitive. And I just think that the way that they're playing right now, you could uh, at any time, any one of those guys can just uh, take over and carry this, uh, this team. And it just seems like... Uh, that's what they're doing. So what can we take away from the early October matchup? It was right after the Astros, I think they clinched already. or they, they I, I think they were just about – I think they had already clinched by then when the Phillies came to town. And, of course, the Phillies clinched their playoff spot here in Houston. Is there anything we can take away from that series in October? Not really. I mean, you had two different kind of man. Phillies had to have it, and of course, the Astros don't believe in just giving anybody anything. But the focus wasn't really on from the Astros side of this. These are games that we have to win. It was more just, uh, hey, we just go come out here and try to stay sharp, be competitive, and be professional, and go out here and play the baseball game. I think Nola, who's starting uh, a, a game one, he went like seven innings that game. And, and he was uh, uh, perfect for six of them, right? Yeah, and he, you know, he he really had a, a good game. But I I don't remember the lineup, and I know Dusty was, uh, like I say, they just went out and and played. You can't really take anything from those games. It's just the matchup at the time and the circumstance at the time. I remember coming out of the All Star break, we had a doubleheader here uh, against the Yankees, and we swept them in that doubleheader. And every, you know, and it, and they were saying, you know, well, you know, this is going to be a different uh, matchup when we meet you down the road because the Yankees, you know, uh, were still doing the All Star festivities. We said, well, so was we. You know, the, uh, <laughs> Dusty was the manager of the All-Star game and several of the players were also on that same break, but that was just an excuse. It showed in the postseason to be the same thing. Now, the Yankees were, I'm sure, they were missing DeMahieu and they were missing Hicks, and I'm sure that hurt them, especially offensively, because they were top-heavy in that lineup. Once you got past the cleanup hitter, it really was favor Astros. They struck out, what, 52 times. The Phillies are a little bit different. They're a lot more balanced at the bottom. So, you know, you won't get that same type of uh, reaction when it comes down to how you'll pitch them when it comes down to, uh, you know, that same strategy. I'm sort of leery of this matchup because a couple of times I will say the Astros were favorites against the Nationals in the NL East and Atlanta in the NL East. And now you have another NL East team to meet in the World Series that we seem to be. And really, even for the first time, I see the national media climbing on board the bandwagon and really buying into the Astros. What do you think about this matchup with another NL East team in the World Series? Well, I don't think that uh, I kind of disagree that we were favored against, like I say, the uh, the Braves last year because of our pitching. We didn't have Verland and you didn't have McCullers. And you, all you had was Famber, Valdez and Luis Garcia and Oquiti and those guys, you know what I mean, and Grinky. So when Charlie Morton and, and the Braves uh, staff was, I think, uh, the better staff, and it, it proved to be throughout. 
I do think this time around the Astros have a better pitching from top to bottom. The bullpen and the and the start, everyone has just been on the top of their game. And that will neutralize, you know, a lot of what Philadelphia tries to do, which is obviously get people on base and then, you know, look for the big hit. Uh, they play a lot like we play, you know. But uh, when it comes down to it, uh, going through that lineup, you know, two or three times, if Altuve becomes Altuve again and Tucker becomes Tucker again, then this problem is solved because both of those guys were not the guys that we thought that they would be throughout the playoffs. Bregman has been great. Of course, Pena is, has been outstanding. And even uh, guys like McCormick that you don't look to you know, contribute a whole lot, they, they have had good series. So... You know, it, it comes down to just, you know, who's able to to play their game. And I just feel like the pitching that the Astros have right now will keep them in games long enough for the rotation to turn around. And, uh, you know, hey, they'll play Astro ball. It should be very exciting. I am really looking forward to it. So I know that the bottom of the lineup really did well. You talk about McCormick and Maldonado, I thought really gave them a lot offensively because you don't expect hardly anything from the bottom of the lineup. And, and it was the top. I mean, when you talk about the leadoff and Altuve that struggled and you got Guriel, I thought played really well in that series too so you know if you can continue to get production from Guriel and whatever you can get from the bottom of that lineup it really bodes well for this team what do you think Altuve you think he will bounce back in this series and, and Tucker's another guy that could have given them more do you think those guys will sort of bounce back in this next series yeah well you, you always hope they do I mean, uh, you know, usually, you know, as they say, big time players, you know, show up in big time games and, and big time moments. That's just the uh, kind of people that they are. They are experienced. They've been there. They know what to expect. They have the confidence of their teammates. They do things in situations that, uh, you know, that you that you expect them to do. And yes, I do expect both uh, Altuve and Tucker to, to come back and, and have solid series. I mean, uh, that's who they are. But uh, I've also been around here long enough to know that uh, sometimes in baseball, no matter how much you want it and how hard you try, I've gone through it. I can remember Biggio and Bagwell had great seasons and horrible playoffs. I mean, it's just something that happens. The matchups kind of determine and say it all. So when it comes down to it, uh, as they say, we'll find out starting Friday night and Saturday night just, you know, how this team stands. But this is a solid team. It's going to take Philadelphia, the Phillies. A, a, it, it'll have to be a great effort on their part to beat this team four out of seven games. I mean, it, it, it just will. And if it is, this won't be like uh, what we see in America, which is, you know, I, that's another issue about not congratulating uh, people who win. Now, all of a sudden, it's in, in our politics, it's like you won, but uh, you really didn't win. You lost. You cheated. But uh, fortunately, in baseball, you accept the results. So, uh, hey, they're going to go out and represent Houston real well. They're, they're a solid group of guys. Dusty Baker has just done, uh, and his staff have just done fantastic. I mean, from the owner, Jim Crane, through James Click, the GM. It's a top to bottom. I mean, you just don't show up this many times, this many years in, in the World Series and not 
you know, be solid from the, from the, as they say, from the rooter to the tutor. And they are. <laughs> and a couple of the real quick things before we let you get out of here. Cold weather. It, it, it's going to be likely that we have a couple games in cold weather. To me, it seemed like, and, and nobody really made mention of this, but it seemed like McCullough sort of struggled a little bit in that. I don't know if it was because of the weather or why his stuff wasn't working as well. Pitch selection, I don't know what it was. But do you think when the Astros go to Philadelphia and play within would probably be a couple of games in cold weather. Do you think that'll impact the Astros pitching staff at all? Somewhat, but it, it'll affect theirs too. It's all about how you put grip on the ball and how you can spin it. And McCullough's just one of those guys to where, you know, he, he relies on spinning it with the, with the, with the breaking ball as well as uh, his slider. So yeah, but they have to, they, they have to have that same type of uh, feeling in, in the grip too. And when it flattens out, it flattens out. And when it flattens out, it gets hit. So, you know, that's why you have a lot of those high-scoring games and those type situations at times. Yeah, it, it will be. But uh, we're also a team that throws a lot of fastballs and a lot of four-seamers. And that weather doesn't affect that very much at all. And uh, you can expect the Astros to to really, uh, if the weather, if it gets to a point to where the weather's doing that, uh, they'll, they'll make the adjustment. Because the thing that you can't do in playoff baseball is walk people. You have to have control and you have to have command. And sometimes that means you have to challenge people and they're going to put the ball in play. But once again, the Astros play have played and are playing very good defense. So pitchers know that. And, uh, hey, they'll adjust accordingly. Well, with that, give us your prediction and give us your MVP of the World Series. What do you think? Well, I, I, I think it can't go any probably more than six. I would be looking for Astros in six. Uh, I think I hadn't even looked at the betting line, but I would bet that that's probably close to it. As far as an MVP, ooh we, you know, you got a lot of people there that uh, are right there. But uh, mm, I'm gonna say right now, I like Bregman and and I like uh, Yordan. Yeah, that's what I'm. Those, I, I I think those two will 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 be something that uh, will really could turn this this series could turn on from the pitching staff uh, of course uh, Verlander I'm thinking that he's he's gonna be like a horse I, I look for him to just come out there and just you know go at folks and and be blowing and going I would say too that uh, I, I really like what I saw in Presley for for coming in and closing boys just shutting boys down yeah I mean yeah. he he came in it was like the old days when the Yanks was the Yanks with Mariano you go like oh man here come Mariano Rivera we can forget this <laughs> you know, so and he has come in and, and looked like, uh, you know, what what you expect a closer to look like. So, I mean, just the uh, rotation of Montero, Neris and then Presley. I mean, no, and then Abreu. And well, we've not even seen Garcia or Kitty at all. And we I mean, we saw Garcia in the Mariners in the 18 inning game. But we haven't even seen guys that could, were, were starters at, at points in their careers. Uh, we haven't seen them yet in the last couple of weeks. But Devin, there's a very good reason why. We don't need them. <laughs> it, it, it's called it's called sweep. You know, <laughs> when you when you sweeping people, you you know you don't play extra games. <laughs> you know, <laughs> had the series gone five in Seattle, I mean, uh, then uh, you know they would have seen some innings. Yeah. You know, yeah. had the Yankees been able to win a game, <laughs> you know, the, you would have seen them. You know, because we would have had to play extra innings. 
But uh, the reason being is that, hey, they're going out there, they're taking care of business, and, and, and they're strong, from, as they say, from the rooter to the tutor. So, <laughs> you know, some guys have not gotten to work, and you're right about that. But uh, hopefully that trend continues. And but it also either. says that you got guys that are super fresh and super strong and ready to go. Well, you know, I'm looking to avenge 1980 in the, uh, the NLCS <laughs> with Bake McBride and Tug McGraw and Greg Lazinski and Pete Rose, Larry Bowe, Manny Trio. I want to get avenge the Astros of 1980. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, some of us been around long enough where we remember that. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's the beauty of uh, the beauty of, of of sports and baseball. You you know, people can hold on to those memories and say, "Yeah, it's payback." Time. It's payback time. It only took 40 years, but it's payback time. <laughs> well, we certainly appreciate the time as always. And, boy, I'm excited about it. And we may get a chance to visit again before the end of the World Series. Oh, that'd be great, I tell you. But, you know, that's the, 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 the beautiful thing is that to get to – the World Series. I know people say, well, they were, what are we, one in three in the World Series? They say, well, hey, you you got to get there. <laughs> you yeah. got to be two yeah. of the last people standing to get there. And uh, job well done for this team. Proud of them as usual. And, hey, they're going to go out and play hard. I, I expect them to uh, continue to do what they've done. And let's go out and represent well. Hey, well, we certainly appreciate it. I'm looking forward to it. I'm excited. And I enjoy the game. And, uh, like I said, we look forward to visiting with you real soon. All right. Uh, thanks, Devin. Thank you. For past episodes or more content, go to WaysWordProductions.com. Want to thank Mr. Baseball. We talked about that 80 series. Or I touched on the 80 series. You know, an interesting fact about that. That was the season that J.R. Richard had the stroke. And he was good before that, although he was struggling. And that was a very dark time. And that's a, a time where a lot of people turned on the Astros organization because, and, and local media and that went after him and said, oh, he's just being a, a diva. He's, he can, okay, so just for you who don't know. So JR was one of the best pitchers in franchise history and one of the best pitchers in baseball for a, a long stretch there for about five, six years, he was, he was rolling and he was a very, very heralded pitcher. And he started to, after Nolan Ryan signed the deal to become the first millionaire in sports, uh, Jr. during the course of the season started to complain and said that he had, you know, dead arm and, and he had, you know, he wasn't feeling quite like himself. And instead of being supportive, like they would today, because you're invested so much more financially into these players, instead of them having him checked out and seeing what the issue is, at that time it was like, oh, he's just being a diva. He's just mad because Nolan Ryan got the money. He's just being this and that. Some of that came from within the organization and some came from local media. Well, one afternoon when he was working out, he had a stroke and he never returned to form and he never returned to the major leagues after that. It was a, a true tragedy in Houston Astros history. And uh, again, it also impacted that team in 1980. So there's that. Going to take time out here from our sponsor, Cobank Homes, and our resident DJ. Come back on the other side. We still have Carla Wyatt. And, of course, we have a Lamont Award. This is the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. Anywhere you get your podcast. 
Sports Talk with Devin Wade wants to thank our sponsor, Kofi Bankus and CoBank Homes. The vision at CoBank Homes is simple, and it stems from the belief that clients can trust CoBank to guide them to realize one of, if not the single largest investment decision they will ever make, their home. CoBank simply looks to build lifelong relationships through service. They do this by using faith, knowledge, and technology to guide clients through the process of achieving their real estate goals. Be it buying, selling, or investing in real estate, contact Kofi at 832-757-7950. That's 832-757-7950. CoBank Homes through Keller Williams. DJ Anarchy. DJ Anarchy and of course you can check him out on SoundCloud and on Instagram he's our guy but also if you have music you want heard on the podcast just email us music at wadeswordproductions.com that's music at wadeswordproductions.com and the genre doesn't matter we'll play a snippet at the halfway point and an entire track on an extended portion of a mix for all my DJs we'll do that at the end of the episode so music at wadeswordproductions.com for that happy happy homecoming to all the tsu tigers out there it has been a whole lot of fun going on road with the tigers we had a victory at university of arkansas pine bluff and last weekend against alcorn state a team we have not beaten since 2011 a huge afternoon for the texas southern tigers great performance by andrew body and company the defense stepped up really big three interceptions one was a pick six by raheem fuller you talk a little bit about a kick return by sean xavier lewis 73 yards what an exciting matchup for their homecoming we had a homecoming tour of two teams we played uh the pine bluff golden lions for their homecoming and alcorn for theirs two and oh in those homecoming games we look to go three and oh with our very homecoming against lincoln university and let me say this google maps does not like the south so let me tell you what happened with this situation. So after the Alcorn game, I had to return to Jackson because I had a flight the next morning. I followed the team to Lorman, Mississippi from Jackson, which is about uh, 90 miles. No, no, not quite that far. Maybe maybe 90 miles. It was it was a long, long way. It, it was, yeah, it was, I don't know, 70, 80 miles. I don't know, whatever it was. And I followed the team in, 
Great homecoming crowd, great atmosphere. It made me proud, like I always am, when we go on the road in the swag. It makes me proud for the conference, for the culture, to go to these different schools when they have homecoming. Great atmosphere. But then the team went one way to come back to Houston. I went the other way to Jackson, and I looked up Google Maps. And by this time, it was getting dark. And they sent me on some road that was not the interstate. And it was not the road that I came on. It was the Natchez Trace Parkway. And when I tell you that that was the most extremely uncomfortable ride I've had in a long, long time, if not ever. So I'm going down this dark road for 60 miles and there are no uh, off ramps. There are no stores, there are no gas stations. I had to go to the restroom. That whole time for the first probably 40 miles, I passed four cars. Now, it's pitch black dark, not a light in sight. And I, I went through some sort of sanctuary or something, and I don't know why in the hell Google would send me this way. I just followed my phone, and that was a, a huge mistake because I wouldn't, I wouldn't go to the restroom. I couldn't pull over to go to the restroom. And when I did, which was in the forest, I wasn't in the country. I was in the forest, and it was so loud. And it was I'm a native Houstonian, and I've been in the country, and I spent time in the country, but this was next-level country. This was next-level country. And I'll tell you what, I said I was not going to stop for police officer i was not gonna stop for anybody i was gonna make it there and i mean i was fine and i'm sure had it not been in mississippi i would not have been as worried about it but of course like everybody else i'm indoctrinated by the history of the state and that made me afraid so <laughs> it was i'm serious i was legit like i'm not pulling over for anything if i get a flat tire i'm riding on rims because I was back off deep in the middle of Mississippi. And I don't hear a lot about good things happening for African-American people in the middle of the, not even in the middle of the night, because it was really early, but it was pitch black dark. And so I've never seen that movie where just, you know, you riding along in the dark in Mississippi and you get hit with a stroke of great luck. I hadn't heard that story yet. So, but nonetheless, I would say this the people of Mississippi were tremendously hospitable, nice, and accommodating. Great people. Great people. And it made me long. I, I go to these towns and and they're not super small. Jackson's not is a small city. I mean, or a big town. I don't know what the classification is. But it makes you for me, who I've only lived in Houston, makes me kind of want to live in a small town just for a minute because I love getting to the airport. It's so easy to go to the airport. You can get there 15 minutes before your flight and boom, you're on your flight. I mean, it's everything is so easy. I was, I mean, it was great. And I'm like, man, why do I do this in Houston? Maybe I should move to a small town somewhere. And uh, yeah, I'm not going to do it, but it certainly is appealing from time to time. But with that, let's talk a little bit of politics. Because it's a very important time. And you know that we don't just do sports here. We talk about some of the important things. And we have been very, I have been very political. Uh, much to the chagrin of some who just want to talk sports. But this is even different from that. Because this is a young lady that I grew up with. And I spent uh, years, year after year after year playing and, and getting to know. I mean, she was a part of, I mean, our whole street. 
It's a whole group of kids. It was, we all knew one another. We all knew every, who was in every single house up and down the street. And, you know, you through year after year after year, you play, you get to know. We went to high school together. I mean, she's just a, a wonderful person. We talked to her during the primary season. She won her primary, and now she's running in the general election for Harris County Treasurer. Her name is Carla Wyatt. So if you are in Harris County, if you know somebody in Harris County, listen to this and tell your friends and family to go out and vote for Carla Wyatt. Here's that conversation. Joined now by Carla Wyatt, a candidate for Harris County Treasurer and someone that grew up with me in South Park on Dippy Street. How are you? Glad to have you back aboard the podcast. I'm doing well. Thank you for allowing me to be on your platform. Uh, Everything is going well. Just chugging along. Early voting started on yesterday in Harris County, and we're looking forward to having a great election. So a lot of people disengage for various reasons, for their own mental health, for their own psyche, their mood, or for whatever reason, they're just busy ripping and running. Tell them about the importance of voting in this particular election before we get to your specific election. Well, every election is an important election. We should participate, exercise our right to vote in every election, whether it's the primary or general election the midterm, whichever election it is, we, we should exercise our right to vote. So it's a very busy time, not only for the candidates, but also for the individuals who are out there voting, the constituents that are making those hard choices with regard to who they want to put into office, because this is going to have a lasting effect, at least for the next four years for most of these races. Well, you talk a little bit about a lot of controversies in in Texas and in Harris County about early voting, how we vote, mail-in votes, and all of those things. Where is the status of uh, the availability of voting early in Harris County? Well, currently, Harris County has 99 early voting locations. So they've made it available just about all around the county, whether it's a church, a synagogue, a community center. It just really depends on which part of Harris County you're in or your listeners. If they want to find out where the closest polling location is to them, they can go to HarrisVotes.com, put in their address, and it will show them where their closest location is. And it will also give you the opportunity to see what your personal ballot is going to look like, because each ballot is different depending on where you live. So uh, a lot has been made about the voter turnout on midterms versus presidential election years. Tell folks, if you could, why this election is so important for Texans and for folks who live in Harris County. Well, it's important for, for folks who live in Harris County as, as well as Texas because we might be on the cusp of switching governors. We don't know how this race is going to come out. A lot of attention has been paid to the governor's race. A lot of attention has been paid to the county judges race. And in addition to that, the races where we have the judges that sit on the bench that are being scrutinized at the moment regarding the work that they've done over the last four years. So it's going to be very important for folks to get out and vote, make your voice heard, because it will have a lasting effect for the next four years at least. So we had you on just prior to the primary. And of course, we were your good luck charm. And obviously, like thousands and thousands of other folks came out and supported you in the primary. Talk a little bit about this race in the general election. You made it through a a tough primary. Now you're here. Talk a little bit about what's been going on since the primary to prepare for this election. 
Well, yes, we, we did make it past the primary. Craziest thing, I broke my foot the day after the primary because I was out taking down my campaign signs because I wanted to reuse them. So a lot has been going on. I've been energized. I'm a little bit tired, but I'm pushing forward because I know that this is important to me and the constituents that I'm going to serve in Harris County. We just need to keep pushing and pushing forward on all the races. You need to go all the way down the ballot. Uh, voting has changed a little little bit. There is no more straight ticket voting. So individuals that are going to the polls need to understand there is no more straight ticket voting. And for those who don't vote, they, they vote regularly or really understand it, that just means you can't push one button and select all Democrats. You have to actually manually go down the ballot and vote for each Democrat or Republican you want to vote for. Absolutely. You have to go down the entire ballot and choose. And then there's also a paper ballot that you end up, you have to end up putting into the machine so that your vote is tallied. So the whole process has changed. So when you go to the post of vote, make sure you set aside enough time for you to be there. It, mostly it's going pretty quickly, but just in case you're on a, a tight schedule, make sure you have enough time to uh, sit there and actually do that ballot. One thing that is helping individuals is the fact that they can print out a paper ballot and they can take that paper ballot into the polls with them. So it does kind of make the process go a little bit faster. You're not allowed, however, to have an electronic device such as a phone or iPad or anything like that. But you can take that piece of paper in there to try to help your process go along a little bit faster. So for those who didn't hear you last time you were on a podcast, you're running for Harris County Treasurer. What does that job entail? Well, the, the Harris County Treasurer is basically the, the the financial custodian of all the money that comes in or goes out of Harris County, whether that's your car registration, your taxes, payroll, contracts that we have with different groups and organizations. So any money that comes in or goes out of Harris County goes through the Treasurer's office. Some people may get it confused with the budget office. That is not that there are two different things. The budget is set by Harris County Commissioner's Court and the treasurer is basically the watchdog over all the money, whether it's going in or coming out. And so I'm excited because um, I, I think that I'm going to do a fantastic job with the 20 years of experience that I've had at Harris County working with and for the many different departments, as well as working with and for our commissioner's court, no matter what side of the aisle they sit on, whether they're red or blue, this is about your green. And Carla, like the hurricane, wide like Earp, is looking forward to serving the constituents of Harris County in this particular capacity. Well, and you are Harris County through and through, you're Houston, Texas through and through. And of course, we grew up together. So I know you love the city. You are of this city. You're a product of South Park. You are one of us for sure talk a little bit about with your experience what you've come to know about the entire county well one thing that i've come to know about harris county is that it's huge (laughs) (laughs) Uh, running this race uh, has been an eye opener for me i I knew that the county was big but this has been an eye opener for me in, in in a different respect because my race in particular is from Crosby to Baytown to Katy to Humble to Tomball, just the entire county uh, itself. And so I'm burning some gas. <laughs> However, it's for a good cause. It's because I want to continue to serve the people of Harris County, and I want to serve them in this particular way so that we can make the right decisions at the right time for the right reasons. So what made you want to serve in this capacity? What's inspired your, your career and your service to Harris County and the folks of, of this city? 
Well, I think the last time we spoke, I shared with you that I started out as an intern at Harris County and worked for just about 20 years there, moving around the different departments, flood control, toll road, right-of-way, construction facilities, engineering budget, a county commissioner, a county constable. I moved around in all those capacities, not because I was bad, but because I was good. And so I had an opportunity to learn of all about Harris County. And I just feel like it's my turn to give back all the things that Harris County has sold into me. I believe it's my turn to give back to Harris County. In closing, as we start to wrap this up, of course, I'm behind you 100%. I endorse you. And for whatever that's worth, for all of my folks who listen, tell folks why it's important to vote for you on Election Day or even during early voting. Well, during early voting and on Election Day, November the 8th, it's important to vote for me because I have the experience. I have the understanding to create a picture of understanding so that you know where your taxpayer dollars are going. My opponent is a super nice guy. He's just not qualified in this particular respect as far as the experience is concerned. That's not that he could not do the job eventually. I can just start from day one. I'm your day one girl, Carla like the hurricane, wide like Earth. looking forward to serving our constituents of Harris County. I'm also excited because this is homecoming weekend, and so I'm going to get to see some of my friends uh, from Texas Southern University that may be coming back into town for homecoming. So I'm going to be tired and going to be working, but it is worth it. It's, it's absolutely worth it for the constituents of Harris County. And again, my name is Carla like the hurricane, wide like Earp. Some people call me trouble, but that's okay. <laughs> well, I can tell you this. I know where where you come from i know your your mom your brother and i mean just great people and you've been dedicated and hard working your entire life so i mean again i endorse you wholeheartedly i know your heart is in the right place i know your intent is in the right place and i know that you're competent and effective enough to get the job done so good luck and when you win you got to give us a shout out somewhere to show love because uh, we're going to come out and support you and hopefully push you over the top so good luck on election day and uh again congratulations i'm gonna speak it into existence congratulations to our new harris county treasurer carla wyatt thank you so much for hanging out thanks a bunch and you guys have a great night and i really 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 appreciate you allowing me to be on your platform this second go around again carla like the hurricane wide like her to have your comments heard call 832-941-6614 Thanks to Carla Wyatt, and of course, uh, we wish her the best of luck, and we do pretty good. We have an okay track record with folks who've been on the show running for office, so congratulations for winning the primary, and hopefully you will win the general election, and thank you guys for hanging in there for that conversation, even on a sports podcast. So, with that, it's time for the Lamont Award. I don't want to wish you no bad luck. But I hope your ship sinks with no lifeboats and no life preservers and a school of piranhas surrounding you, you big dummy. The Lamont Award goes to the player, team, entity, someone in or around the world of sports that we deem to be the big dummy of the episode. Well, this time out, hey, it's never too much beating up on the Yankees. Not only did they get swept, they might lose Aaron Judge. And here is a contributing factor to add insult to injury for the New York Yankees. So when they go down 3-0, that's an almost insurmountable you know, mentally, that's sort of, you're already done. You I mean, you're dead man walking, you're dead team walking, it's done. Three games, none. 
So that means that's a wrap, right? Well, what teams have, and this is how you know money is so big in the world of sports. Teams have mental conditioning coaches. And I, that helps with their, you know, get teams and players into the right mindset to succeed because a lot of it is mental. Ask Ben Simmons. That's another uh, Lamont Award for another show. But you have these coaches that come in and put these guys in the proper state of mind to succeed on the fields of play in their endeavors athletically. So for the New York Yankees, that guy, the director of mental conditioning is Chad Bowling. Chad Bowling, that's his gig to sort of convince these guys, you're down 3 nothing in this series, three games to none in this series, and yet you have to believe that you can come back. And only one other team has done that. And I'm going to put together a video clip of that team to show you how they did it so maybe you can do it. So the only team to ever come back from a three games to zero deficit in the baseball playoffs, in the ALCS, were the Boston Red Sox. The eternal enemy of the New York Yankees, the Boston Red Sox, were able to come back from a 3-0 deficit. And they did that in 2004 against the New York Yankees. So Chad Bowling, the mental conditioning coach, thought it was a good idea to show the New York Yankees a comeback against his team. His organization in 2004. I mean, obviously it was different players, different time. Same uniform. So you were going to show your team a video of a team kicking your team's ass. This is what you do to motivate them against the Astros. And obviously it didn't work because the Astros promptly went out and used those brooms to sweep them off the stage. So it seems to me that Chad Bowling, the mental, the director of mental conditioning, needs a director of mental conditioning to correct some of that dumbass he just did. Because Chad Bowling in the New York Yankees organization, you all are big dummies. You big dummy. <laughs> <laughs> That would be akin to showing the Houston Oilers a video, which the non-existent Houston Oilers, which uh, would be the Tennessee Titans, a video of the Buffalo Bills beating them as a motivational tactic coming back from a large deficit. It just makes no sense at all. And that's why Chad Bowling is a big dummy. Hey, you know, speaking of which, the Titans had a big reunion. Titans slash Oilers had a big reunion. All my guys were down there. Haywood was down there. Eddie Robinson was down there. Pat Coleman was, was down there. I heard Alan Pinkett was there. So many former Houston Oilers were there. Robert Brazil, Hall of Famer, was there. So that was a great weekend. Had I not been doing TSU football, I would have gone to Nashville for that. So that was really, really a cool weekend for those guys. And I'm getting out of here. But before I let go. Before I let go. Before I let go, hey, want to remind you guys, give us a call on the sports line, 832-941-6614. Give us some feedback on what you heard. Want to thank Carla Wyatt. Want to thank Mr. Baseball. Go Astros. Go Astros. Go Astros. Want to thank our sponsors. Want to thank DJ Anarchy. Want to thank you guys for hanging with me. Tweet me at Wade's Word. I'll be on Twitter all during the course of the World Series. Happy homecoming, TSU. And, of course, 
Sports, the Sports Talk with Devin Wade group on Facebook. And if you can't remember any of those things, please remember these four things. Number one, I don't do no favors after 6 o'clock in the evening. Two, I ain't got no money. Three, I'm not harboring any fugitives from justice. And four, bye. <laughs> this has been the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. Remember, you can follow him on Twitter at Wade's Word. Thank you for listening.